And welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingy, where we are previewing round seven of Super Rugby Aotearoa. And joining me on deck this week is the one and only Teddy Hearn. Well, na mahi, Teddy, <coughs> and thank you very much for coming on to Code with Kingy. Um, obviously, we talked about this in the past, bro, and, we've, and the day has finally come. I've got you on to do a, a week's worth of Super Rugby with me, bro. So, yeah, big ups to you, my man. Uh, thank you, brother. Nah, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, should be good. I guess first things off the bat, you know, rather than jumping straight into the two games we have this weekend, maybe tell me a little bit about what you've thought of the competition so far, any of the standouts, what you've liked, what you haven't liked. Like, I know for me, the refereeing's been pretty poor, and um, <laughs> I've been sick of seeing the Crusaders win. But, yeah, like, is anything, like, sort of stood out for you as a rugby fan? Um, oh, I think it's just been good to see, you know, just rugby in general, um, especially what happened after last year with COVID. But no, nah, it's been good. I guess it's the same old story, really. Crusaders on a roll. Um, just seeing who's going to fill in that second spot. So, no, nah, but it's been good. Seeing a few breakout stars. Um, just, yeah, no, nah, it looks, looks like uh, New Zealand rugby's in good hands. So, no, nah, it's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's sort of like the, the thing that we could probably dwell on as Kiwis and as all-black fans, you know, in comparison to the rest of the world, you know, we can get caught up. Um, maybe in some of the results that we've had, you know, namely last year with some of the drop games. And even I got on that, um, but that was more so from a coaching perspective. But I guess at the end of the day, you know, considering, you know, the, the talent that we've seen come through and, you know, guys that maybe haven't quite shown their stuff but look to be the goods. Yeah, I think similar to you, I've got the mind frame of that we're still in a pretty good position um, aiming towards that 2023 World Cup. But we'll jump into the first game, uh, which is the Highlanders taking on the Chiefs at home this Saturday. Now, fresh off their big one over the Crusaders, the Highlanders are back, you know, like I mentioned, at home against a Chiefs outfit that is rolling off their second bye. It'd be hard to pick up anything negative um, from the game that's just gone for them, seeing as they laid on 33 points uh, on the Crusaders and didn't concede anything right up until half-time. But with that being said, they had some big news come out this week, uh, namely the loss of Falau Vakatava for the rest of the season with an ACL injury. And they also lost... Um, their second five, Thomas Wimunga Jensen, who was quite impressive in his first start. So, I mean, for you, you know, considering how big of an impact they had in last week's win, do you expect those injuries to impact the Highlanders' campaign moving forward into the back end of the season? Yeah, the campaign moving forward, I think definitely, because uh, they're both long-term injuries. So, especially with Fakatava, obviously, you know, for me, he's probably been the breakout star of Super Rugby this year. Obviously, carrying um, his form from Hawks Bay and might attend right into Super Rugby. He's been, he's just been hissing. He's been unreal. So, yeah, and then obviously, you mentioned Thomas Umanga Jensen as well, who I think has just come back from a long term injury, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. So, he's out for the season. So, that's a shame because they're both, both young boys as well. So, you know, that will affect the Highlanders long term as well. And then, as well as for the weekend, because Bakhtava's been awesome. And, but in saying that, you do have. Um, the best nine in the world to fill in that gap, which isn't, you know, isn't the worst thing in the world. But in saying that, he does bring something different compared to Aaron Smith. I think Aaron Smith's more of a game manager, whereas Pakatava, he'll, you know, likes to play that up tempo and but but more of a threat at the line. So no, definitely big loss for the Highlanders, uh, both of them. 
Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, Vala Fakatava has been the breakout star. And um, as you mentioned, it's it's not like they're sort of sweating on it too much. As, as much as the game is really dependent on two halfbacks these days with the amount of Ks that they cover um, over the course of a match. I mean, Kane Hamilton's no scrub. I mean, he's got quite a quite a depth of uh, Super Rugby experience, uh, especially in that environment. Then, yeah, Aaron Smith is just, he's the goat um, of halfbacks for me or, or him in all the rugby that I've seen. But I think that second five position has sort of been a bit uncertain for, for the Highlanders. Mm. I mean, they've had the likes of C.O. Tompkinson come in there who, while he is renowned for putting on a bit of a shoulder, he's also renowned for giving away a few too many penalties and perhaps sitting in the naughty chair for um, longer than what his team would like. So... Yeah, I, I thought that Thomas might have been the solution there, namely with, you know, again, I'm going to bang on about it, my yin and yang that I like in the midfield, having like that almost Ma'anonu Conrad Smith, because I yeah. feel like Michael Collins really made a name for himself or made a home for himself at that centre position. Mm. He's sort of been like thrown all over the place, um, even while he was at the Blues previously at full back on the wing or more, more so as a utility cover on the bench. But I think he just provides that smarts. And while he may not be as athletic as maybe like a Fatuli Pyre or a Nani Punivai on attack, I think, namely at centre, you just have to be an assurity on defence. And I think he just like shores up that back line, you know, considering the, the lack of experience he has on the wings and perhaps at that 12 position as well, you know, with maybe a young Thomas Umanga Jensen or, you know, just, you know, the the most of the time reckless here, Tompkinson. So, yeah, two two big holes for me because I think um, I'm not sure where CO's at, considering, you know, the, the week off that he had, along with, like, Josh Iwani and all those <laughs> other boys who yeah. maybe partied up a little bit too hard after Aaron Smith's <laughs> um, milestone, bro. So, uh, I mean, they've got the players to fill in there, but I feel like they may have taken, you know, for the two steps forward that they took, you know, last Friday night, they may have taken three steps back or, or, or even more than that, considering, you know, just the performances of those two players. But... Um, moving on to the Chiefs, though, it, it, like I mentioned, it's been a bit of a mixed bag season for them so far. Their first two games, um, they seemingly couldn't stay in the fight, but then the the latter two, so their wins against the Hurricanes and the Blues, they were the stronger finishers. For me, though, the the bulk of the standouts for the for the Chiefs so far, maybe outside of Jacobson, has has been through the back line, namely the likes of McKenzie and Brad Weber, and even Quintu Pyre, who had a bit of a standout game against the Blues. But they are now down, um, with Sam Kane being ruled out for the next four to six months with a pec injury. So, is it fair to say that the Chiefs are no hope going into this game against the Highlanders unless their forwards can actually take that step forward? I, th- I think no hope's a bit strong because I think uh, you know they'll they'll be they'll be hyped up for the game. They're coming off you know back to back wins, so you know they'll have momentum, especially when that you know they went on that was it ten eleven game losing streak. So I think they'll be amped up, and I think Sam Kane will be a loss to an extent. I think obviously he's their captain and a leader, so you know his presence and voice in the dressing room might be missed a bit. But you know, I think if you look at the Chiefs' wins, the past couple wins against the Hurricanes and the um, the Blues, it's actually come from the back line. <clears throat> like so Brad Weber, Damien McKenzie, I think Anton Leonard Brown hitting a little bit better form compared to earlier in the season. And then, as you mentioned, Quincy Pyre, who I thought he had a blinder against the Blues. And I think the Chiefs should have ran away with that game way earlier on than they, you know, when they ended up nicking it at the last minute. But I thought they should have scored way more. Uh, even just before half time, but yeah, no, I think I think they'll they will have a chance, but I think it's going to be important for that four pack to hold their own as well. You looked at the Highlanders on the weekend; their four pack was unreal against the Crusaders. You know, physically they just they just brought that physicality and aggression, and 
I think it caught the Crusaders off guard. So, and I know the Chiefs will obviously be missing um, Sam Kane, and I think they're missing Tupouai as well. So with concussion. So yeah. So the Fords are going to have to work as a unit. But I think if anything does come from this game, I think it's going to come from the X factor in the back line. Bro, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. On the point of injuries, though, from what I read today, they are hopeful that the likes of uh, Lachlan Boshier, Mitch Karpik, and potentially Tupovai uh, are cleared for this week um, oh, wow. off the back of their injuries. But they've also, they also had a few boys going into their bye week that were carrying niggles, guys like Atenina Nasaturu, I think, had like a tight hamstring. Jonah Lowe was sick. Um, who else have they still got to come back? I think Atu Moli's maybe another couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. but with his hip injury, who's you know an All Black prop, who I think would just really like add a bit of grunt to that engine room. Um, I'm not sure really what to make of that pack. I mean, like when you look at them as individuals, yeah. they they seem to to go all right. But I guess it's really just that cohesion as a four pack that you really look to see. Uh, I mean, like I know the Crusaders have a lot of stars, but I think you know. Like I said, you nailed it on the head with that Highlanders pack last week, even though they may have been a little bit undersized and had nowhere near as much experience as that Red and Blacks pack, but they worked together really well and they just had you know some really big performances, namely from the likes of Shannon Frizzell. I thought that Kazuki Himeno did really well for his first start at this level. So 100. I think if, yeah, like like I mentioned, if guys like Lachlan Boucher can come back in and hit the ground running, if Luke Jacobson can keep up his performances and... Tupovai can play like an all-black, well, you know, the all-black that he's been picked to be. Um, they may be in pretty good stead, but yeah, like you, bro, or, or like I even just like um, sort of leaded to, I think that this game's sort of going to be won and lost in the backs for the Chiefs. I'm going to be surprised to see if Caleb Trask gets another go at 10. Now, yeah. I think I talked about it with my, my mate Tim, and he mentioned the fact that, and, and I've mentioned it previously as well, is that when he played for Bay of Plenty in last year's Mighty Cup, he was played at fullback, not at first five. Yeah. And so it was a big ass throwing him in there, even off the back of Bryn Gatlin not having um, or having some so-so performances. So it's like, well, we're going to drag this guy out and we're going to throw this young fella into the fire and see if he can, you know, see if he sinks or swims. And <clears throat> for me, he didn't quite deliver, um, especially to that super rugby level needed from that pivot position. So whether or not they see Damian McKenzie as the guy now for them moving forward and maybe looking to move Chase Tiatia into the starting lineup. I don't know. I think that Chase Tiatia is one of those guys who, as impactful as he can be from the get-go, I feel like he, him sort of like in that Damian McKenzie mold for the All Blacks, he does switch things up when he comes on, when there's tired bodies and he's able to pick up the holes and be that dynamo off the bench. So yeah, I, I that's going to be the, I guess the, the point for me, even though I'm going to have to pick a winner um, in about a minute and a half, but yeah, I think the, really that 10 position for me in that Chiefs back line is going to be the key to how they go to, into picking apart that Highlanders team, bro. So on the point of results though, um, who are you picking and by what margin? Ooh. Uh, oh, this is tough because both teams have, are in good form, obviously coming off um, wins, so Hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Highlanders. I think. I think their their morale after that Crusaders one's gonna be, you know, you know, really high. And I think they, I think their forwards show me something that I didn't expect. And I think if they can carry that out, especially against the Chiefs pack, that's a bit, I guess, scrambling for numbers with injuries. And then also we don't really know who's gonna play. And there's also a young forward pack as well. So I think, yeah, I'll go Highlanders. Uh, oh. 25, uh, 15. 
I like it. You're going with an exact scoreline. That, that's a yeah. that's, that's a oh, bit of a change from the usual, bro. No, no, oh, I like okay. it, bro. I, I, I like that. I like where your head's at. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, like 10, 10, 10, around <laughs> 10, point, 10 point margin. <laughs> no, bro. Don't please don't take that as a slight because I'm gonna go the exact same as you. I think like the home crowd, um, plus the confidence they would have taken out of that win. I mean, yeah, I know that you know the win over the the Crusaders wasn't a historic one, but I don't think people like. I don't think, you know, we as fans can quite comprehend what that does from a confidence perspective for a side, yeah, especially with their game plan and um, I guess the trust. I mean, like those, I know those boys would have already, you know, been 100% bought into whatever Tony Brown told them to do, but, you know, seeing it reap the rewards is a totally different thing. So, yeah, back at home, um, I mean, Aaron Smith's going to be starting, so that, that'll sort of change up the dynamic and they'll probably be a little bit more controlled. Not to say that Falau Vakatava isn't, but, you know, I feel like, Aaron Smith has this calming presence, you know, whenever he's around, and, and namely against a, an inexperienced four pack, which I think that Aaron Smith will look to pick apart, you know, in tight before flinging it out wide to Mitch Hunt, who has been on a roll or looks to be on a roll after his virtuoso last Friday. Um, yeah, I've, I've got the Highlanders, yeah, sort of around that 12 and under ballpark. I'll go. I'm going to pick <laughs> the Highlanders to score four tries. Um, Mitch Hunt will miss one. I'm going to go 29. I'm going to go 29-22. I feel like it will be close, but um, I think it'll be one of those games where the Highlanders might be, you know, two scores ahead quite late and the, and the, the Chiefs will get like a score with a couple of minutes to go. But, you know, the game will be in the bag, really. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it'll be a good game. I think both back lines are missing at the moment, so I think we'll see a lot of good running rugby, hopefully. That'll be good. Yeah, bro, let's um yeah, let's hope that's the case. But uh, moving on to game two, which is on Sunday afternoon in Wellington. We have the Hurricanes oh, taking boy. on the Crusaders. <laughs> here we go, here we go. Buckle All up, right, so so it's um so it's pretty much do or die for the Hurricanes if they're any shot of qualifying for the final. And it's a task of the tallest order, um, with them taking on the Crusaders, who will be looking to avenge a subpar showing in their last game out. However, the Red and Blacks have shown, or what they showed last Friday, was that they are human and are vulnerable through patience with ball in hand and just a lot of urgency on defence. So, with all that being said, though, do the Canes have the ability, and more importantly for me, the confidence within their group to take it to the Crusaders? Ability, yes. Confidence, I'm not too sure. It's it's hard because confidence is a massive one. Obviously, having only one one game uh, and coming off uh, a loss, uh, it's it's. I think yeah, it definitely is uphill battle for for the Canes, and you know I think it's going to be interesting to see. I think they have they have you know X factor in certain areas of the park. Uh, so you've got uh, you know world class players like Dane Coles, Adi Savia, um, Nani Lamape. You know Celestia Rasi has been good form, but you know I think it's gonna. But in saying that. You know, no one would have thought the Highlanders would have won last week. So, um, you know, I just think um, I think game management has been a big issue for them this year. I think, you know, inexperience at 9 and 10 with uh, Luke Campbell and Auburn Ledger, who, don't get me wrong, are, you know, good rugby players and have every right to be in, in that Hurricane squad. But to rely on two players that haven't had any super rugby experience to take you to the promised land, you know, is, is a pretty big ask. So, and I, you know, I think, the weekend demonstrated a good importance of that. You look at the way Mitch Hunt ran the game against Crusaders. I thought he was the best player on the park. And, you know, I think, look at the way that Richie Wong has been playing this year. I think having that 19 combos, you know, really important. And I think that's something, 
that the Hurricanes have struggled with. So, um, yeah, I think they have, like you said, ability and confidence. They, have, I think they definitely have the ability. They have the forward pack to be physical. But whether they're going to do that is another question, especially against, you know, a sharp outfit like the Crusaders who are coming off a loss and that is probably the worst time you probably want to play these guys. <laughs> um, the Razor's going to have the boys absolutely, you know, he, he would have been grilled into them during the week. So, yeah, so it's it's an uphill battle. They definitely have the ability, but whether they do that will, is a whole another question in itself. I think the big question for me is where do they attack them? Because yeah. they don't have a superior forward pack. Obviously, those guys um, punch well above their weight, and you, mm. you probably can't knock them for effort. But I think that they try and muscle them up, you know, up front. They're, they're in for a tough day there. And then if you're even looking like, and if you're comparing back lines, uh, I mean, like Richie oh, Moanga yeah. has been, you know, arguably the MVP of all their campaigns, um, of all their winning campaigns. So you, like you match it up against, you know, the likes of Auburn Ledger, who's you know only really getting just getting a taste for the for the team position at this level and you know even then for me you know I respect him as a footy player and, and props to him for sticking his hand up to, to play the pivot position but I don't think it's probably his preferred place or where you know I'd see him long term um, yeah. unfortunately and then yeah you, you mentioned the likes of Bryn Hall who's sort of Bryn Hall and Mitchell Drummond who have been in that all-backs environment Luke Campbell it's his first year at this level and then if, even if you look across the back lines, bro, I mean, maybe besides second five, you know, David Havili is, you know, almost like the perfect utility. He's almost like Geordie Barrett-esque. And um, I don't think there's... I mean, like, Nani Lamapi is good, don't get me wrong, but I feel like David, you know, has the ability to um, to lock him up if he's on top of his game and maybe if Nani's having a slightly off night. And then, yeah, if you look across the rest of the back line, I mean, Jack Kutu, all black, Sevi Reese, George Bridge, all blacks, um, albeit, you know, like the likes of, um, Celeste Rayasi and all that have, 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 I mean like yeah, don't get me wrong like Rayasi's looked very good with ball in hand and then Geordie Barrett I mean like, he's a he's a world class fullback and, and, and would be my all black fullback going forward for the for the test this year for the all blacks but I mean at the back oh, yeah. for the Crusaders they've got Will Jordan who's just the next big thing so yeah I'm just, uh, if I'm Jason Holland I'm just not sure where I'd be you know yeah. looking to lay all of my eggs and that's probably my, my, my biggest question mark going into this one Hundred percent. I think, I think, um, yeah, the Hurricanes are going to have to play a pretty, uh, you know, era era less game. They're going to have to, you know, because I think discipline's been a massive problem. I think what it's been three or four weeks in a row that they've had a yellow card. Yeah, bro. And um, last week they had to play a quarter of the game with the fourteen men, so that does not help. So especially against a team like the Crusaders. So if you think you're going to win with having you know ten men, oh sorry, not ten men rather, um, fourteen many on the field, you know, it's going to be really difficult and Crusaders will take advantage of that. So I think discipline is key. And then I think also taking, um, if if they do have the opportunity, just get, getting as many points as they can as possible, you know, stacking up those three points. I think that's one thing that the Highlanders did well last week, which Hunt took um, advantage of those opportunities in front of goal and, you know, and it's stacked up, you know, in the scoreline. So... Now it'll be good, but um, yeah, definitely will be uphill battle for the boys. But hopefully they come good. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, like you said, if anything was proved from last Friday's result, is that it doesn't matter how big the underdog is going into that game. Because I think the Highlanders were paying something like four or five bucks. Yeah, um, that you know, like the, the the playing group will have a totally different mindset to us, or you know, at least you'd hope they would. But 
yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be taken on the Crusaders at any time, you know. Like, <laughs> but, you know, off the back of a, a loss at home, um, and now they roll in and, and they're playing a team who's pretty down on confidence and, you know, probably has the least amount of experience across the park in the competition. Um, yes, yeah, like you said, it's, it's very much so going to be an uphill battle, bro. So give me your scoreline for Sunday's fixture. Scoreline. Oh, my God. All right, well... The head saying one thing and the heart saying another. So, um, story of my life, bro. Story yeah, of this podcast. Right. So, I've, you know, they say they listen. They say listen to your head, not your heart. So, um, I'm gonna have to go with. I think I just think, man. Like we said, you know, especially the way they played last week. But the Crusaders literally it felt like every five minutes they were just dropping the ball, giving the ball away, and that's that not like, gonna happen again. Yeah, though. and Gartner's, but he actually said it in commentary. He's like, "This is the most uncrusader performance, uncrusader like performance that we've ever seen." And I think you know, Razor would have drilled it into their heads during the week, you know, to the game plan. And I don't think you know, especially a, a world class outfit like the Crusaders, they're not gonna go and put in that same sloppy performance back to back. I think they're going to come out firing. Um, I, I, I hate to say it, but I think Crusaders by 20. I don't think I can disagree with you, bro. Um, yeah. I mean, like we're probably not going to see Will Jordan put a little grubber kick in five metres from his own goal line and turn the ball over. We're probably not going to see Richie Moang throw a couple of intercepts from inside his own half, bro. Like... That stuff exactly. just never happens twice, <laughs> and unfortunately, the team that they roll over onto to, to you know to avenge, like I mentioned earlier, um, what was probably the poorest display in the Scott Robertson era. Yeah, they they happen to take on our boys, the Black and Yellows, um, oh, who who are going to nice. be at home for their club day. <laughs> um, oh, so yeah, I mean up. like, <laughs> oh, very well and truly, but hey, you know, if there's if there's any silver line to this game. Um, let's hope that the tries that the Crusaders score are hissing, maybe less defying a Nuku esque, even though there wasn't really a dot. But yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> I mean, just, that's a discussion for another day. I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm picking <laughs> an ugly scoreline, bro. So yeah, I'll, I'll go 20 plus as well, just to yeah. keep it as per. But yeah, that, that's a wrap yeah. on um, our preview uh, for round seven, bro. I appreciate your time on a Wednesday night, my man, and I have to link up with you on either Sunday night or Monday, depending on what your schedule's like, to get a recap on how this week's gone out. And hopefully it's not as ugly as we predicted um, for our Hurricanes. <laughs> 100, bro. No, uh, no we'll, uh, we'll see. Eh? Hopefully it's not um, too damaging to the heart. But no, we should, we should be all right. No. Looking forward to next week. Should be good. Thank you for thank- having me on, bro. <laughs> no, thank you, brother. Peace.